Welcome to Sounds Familiar, a podcast where we discuss two pieces of media that share themes, plot points, or overarching ideas. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram to keep up to date with our upload schedule, news, and discussions. Take your seat, grab your popcorn, and silence your cell phones now. Please enjoy the show. Sounds familiar, the lo-fi hip-hop podcast for you to relax slash study to. My name is Caleb. My name's Stephanie, and I guess people are studying to us now. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> don't study this during film school, it'll make your essays worse. Or better, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. <laughs> uh, this week, Stephanie and I are doing going something a little different. A little bit different. Mm. Um, so I have been traveling for work a lot recently. And therefore have had a lot of TV time uh, by myself and have watched multiple TV shows. I'm impressed, honestly. It's difficult for me to sit down and start watching a show. It just seems like such a big commitment. Yeah. But Caleb's been doing it. Well, my options have been play video games or watch TV, and TV requires less input from me. Um... Well, see, I usually default to movies because it's less of a time commitment, but... I guess if you find a show that you really like. It's, I haven't watched a single movie, actually, while I've been gone. I've watched nothing (laughs) but TV shows. So you say a a movie is less of a commitment, but a TV show, when the episode's over, you can just be like, I feel like taking a break. I always, I, I hate stopping in the middle of a movie. Yes, I suppose that's fair. It, it, the individual episodes are shorter. Yes, I definitely see that. I don't know, just, like, TV shows have always been a little bit difficult for me because I'm just always, especially if I don't know, like, how they end or something like that, I'm like, oh, this is a commitment. Like, oh, God, where is this going to take me? How long is it going to take? Well, what's extra funny is that I uh, mentioned both of these shows and made Stephanie watch the first episodes of each of them, and then both times, like, while I was at work the next day, she'd be like, Caleb, I just watched three episodes. (laughs) Um... Yes, that's part of the reason we're doing this episode is because I also got really into them. <laughs> like, uh, surprisingly so. Like, I, I expect Stephanie to just kind of enjoy them, but she's been, like, into them. Like, I'm going to rewatch both of them straight through. Yes, um, yes. So I, I'm a the, big fair, fan. Fair warning ahead of time. Um, both of, neither of these shows, uh, one of them has not been confirmed for a season two, and the other one had its season two canceled that it was going to get was canceled because of COVID. <laughs> and now uh, they can't get scheduling to work. Um, so while we do both highly recommend both of these shows. Um, Prepare yourself. They do end on cliffhangers one more so than the other. Um, Fortunately, the, the one that uh, ends on more of a cliffhanger is the one that is just unconfirmed for a season two. Right. Um, <laughs> And the those two sh- they both came out in 2019, um, and those two shows are Wayne and On Becoming a God in Central Florida. <laughs> Very different lengths on those titles there. Right, one of them is one word, and the other is a really long name for a TV show. And um, where are they available to watch, Caleb? Oh, um, Wayne is available to watch on Amazon Prime. And uh, On Becoming a God in Central Florida is only available 
um, with a Showtime subscription, um, which you can get as like a, an add-on to most every <gasps> streaming service that isn't Netflix. Yes. Um, yeah, so it, it was actually my idea to do this episode because, um, you know, Caleb having introduced me to the, these TV shows, I really enjoyed both of them. And since they are kind of self-contained within their, like, first first seasons, um, like, they have a, a pretty solid story that has a beginning, middle, and end, you know, <laughs> well, yeah. as a TV season should have, but some are better about it than others. Uh, they're both exactly 10 episodes. Yes, yes. Um. These two actually have a fair amount in common. Yeah, we will um, definitely be getting into that. So I watched this, both of these in, like, a week. Um, and... I don't... I don't know. They, they, they ended up having more in common than I expected. That seems to um, happen a lot with, with some pairings that, that we end up doing. Happen, yeah. Um, so what? Should we just jump straight into Wayne? Um, let me real quick ask something I actually meant to ask you before we started recording, but totally forgot, so I'll just go ahead and ask okay. on air. Uh, what should we do about spoilers here? Oof. Like, be, like, should we, should we talk about them spoiler-free up until a certain point, and then say people can skip past this? Should we avoid them um, altogether, or should we just get into it and... Uh... Because the part of my goal with doing this episode is not just is, to talk about these because but to I really convince like them. people to watch right, them. but to get people to watch them because I haven't seen anyone talking about either of them and they're both really good and like are, yeah. are well reviewed to have have good critical ratings or whatever. Um, so I really want people to watch them, which is why I was like worried about saying spoilers but also i know some people need spoilers to convince them to watch it because you know some people don't want to get into something if they're no not you're sure right anymore. this is i'm gonna say right now blanket warning we might get into some spoilers for these shows um just unintentionally but i guess we can make an attempt to do a spoiler free segment followed by yeah i was gonna say for both of them i think we could do like a little like summary and talk about some of the spoiler free stuff that we liked about it mm -hmm. and then be like okay after this point, we're going to be talking talking spoilers. So. Okay. We yeah. will attempt to do so, but no guarantees. <laughs> Tread lightly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, even if you are spoiled, I would say they're both still worth watching. Oh, absolutely. Because... They're still worth watching. Right. Like, because I would they're say both... for both of them, there's no huge twists. Right. Like, nothing that would completely ruin it for you if you found it out ahead they're of time. They're both incredibly well written, and they're good at doling out information slowly and keeping you going from episode to yes. episode but there's like no single detail that's going to ruin right. that right right i yeah i would say that th right there's nothing that would like completely change your view if you knew it or didn't know it like i i think that you could still pretty much go into it with some spoilers but we we will give a warning when we're about to talk about them so wayne so, first off, let me ask, since we do experiences, kind of, my, mm. my version of this for this time is, Caleb, what, um, since you're the first one who watched it, what, what made you want to, to watch the show? It? Yeah. So, about three or four weeks ago, I saw a post on Reddit that was just a random clip from the show posted with no context and no name of the show or anything. And everyone in the comments was like, what was that? And people were like, it's fucking Wayne, man! You gotta fucking watch Wayne, it's so good! Can you describe the clip <laughs> um, <laughs> for our It audience? was a clip where he is trying to buy tampons 
for his girlfriend and um the boyfriend of this girl who works at the convenience store like he walks in and starts being an asshole to her and then wayne like uh buys a bike lock and a baseball bat and then ties the dude up like with the bike lock and then destroys his bike with the bat and then returns the bat to, to the girl who is the boyfriend of the asshole um so it's a pretty funny little clip um yes. and that's what I, I went ahead and I went on Amazon Prime and I added it to my list. Um, and then, uh, shoot, about a week ago, I guess, two weeks ago, I, when I was on travel, I was like, I, okay, I guess I'll watch Wayne. Yeah, I remember Caleb messaging me about it and being like, it's about a boy who has to get his car back and there's From, these bad guys. And, like, <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, so it's... Um, so I'm gonna say supposedly I, I tried to look this up but didn't feel like diving deep enough to confirm it supposedly from uh, written by some of the guys who wrote the Deadpool movie um, which I believe it tracks yeah but it's also much more artistically mature oh. than than Deadpool yeah it's um it didn't feel edgelord to me. Right, it's not edgelord. Could have been very easily. Um, it's still kind of violent, but like a level of violence I can handle. Mm. Um, and it's funny, but not like obnoxiously quippy. Yes. Um, it's, you know, you can you can feel the evolution from Deadpool yes. 1 to this. Yes. I haven't seen Deadpool 2, and I don't even know if it was the same guys. So, um, Wayne is more or less the story of a 16 year old um who i'm gonna say this because it's literally in the fucking plot description on any website um his dad dies and the only thing his dad left had to leave him was a car that his mom ran away with like 10 years ago and it's wayne's quest to go from fucking uh, a suburb of Boston all the way down to Ocala, Florida, which both of these shows heavily feature Central Florida. Yeah. <laughs> uh, On Becoming a God takes place entirely in Ocala. Um, no, no, it's not Ocala. It's It just says Central like Florida, right like outside, outside Orlando. Orlando. Yeah. And in Wayne, they're trying to get to Ocala specifically. Yes. Yeah, these movies... Are... <laughs> See, I'm so used to saying movies. These shows are about how bad the East Coast sucks. That's that's a, a an oversimplification, and, but and um, Wayne is about how apparently every fucking person in Boston is a giant asshole. No, like, just the people that this poor kid. Just no, just around. the poor people. Yeah, only oh, the yeah, poor people the poor in Boston people. are assholes. Well, no, see, it's I think it's more just like it's not supposed to be so much that like poor people in particular are are assholes as that this is a world populated entirely by poor people, and it almost feels like. It's kind of like the fucking jungle, but it's more because well, they've been abandoned by society. It's right. not because they're, like, the, inherently lesser. The world isn't entirely populated by poor people, but it is about right. poor people. Um, yes. Wayne and uh, his girlfriend, Del, are um, both very, very poor. Um, yeah, we said suburb of Boston, but really it's more it's, just, like... It's a town, like, 30 minutes outside of Boston. Yeah. Um, Brockton, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. um, and... Wayne very much is a story about um, this boy who has been, like, shafted at every possible juncture in his life. He's gotten the sh 
to, to quote the show, gotten the shit into the stick at every turn. Um, and about the people, um, like his principal and the, the fucking police officer who recognize that and want to help Wayne, like, find something good, right? To, to, to give him the chance that he's never gotten, mm-hmm. which is nice. Um, yeah. it's like, he's this kid who has these horrible behavioral issues. He's incredibly violent, um, only towards quote, the people that deserve it. Um, and there are these adults that do care about him that see that he is a good kid with a good heart, um, who's trying to do the right thing the wrong way and recognizing that because he's poor, because his mom left, because his dad got cancer, that he's just never been given the opportunity to to grow beyond what he's had to become to survive. Right. Um, and it's about him finding that like human connection and reasons for for living other than just survival. Yeah, and it's nice because it's like uh, obviously this is a kid who's been mostly abandoned by by you know adults or at least <laughs> society at large. But it's nice because. Over the course of the story, you see that there are actually adults who do care about him. Right. Like... It's one thing I love about the show is that every time uh, he he ends up somewhere, he ends up usually beating the shit out of someone, but then also ends up being like a hero to someone else. Yeah. So like he's like a vigilante and, sort of. He and Dell are running to Florida to try and get the car. Um, and, like, there are multiple people following in behind him, like, in his wake. And everywhere they go, there's been someone who he's, like, horribly fucked up. But then there's also someone else who's like, Wayne saved my life! Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, and it's kind of funny because you see it from, like, the perspective of, like, the two, like, off-duty cops uh, who are following him who are, like... Are, are they have kind of conversations about that about like you know what exactly is going on with him like wh- where he stands on the moral spectrum that kind right. of thing um, and even his principal sees it so there's there's like three separate groups of people following Wayne and Dell yeah. from Brockton all the way to Florida there's older white guy and um, younger black man team number one and older white guy and younger black man team oh, number two oh you're right <laughs> so there's two cops uh, his principal and his like only friend and his girlfriend's dad and her brothers they're all three trying to follow Wayne to where he's going to try and like stop him and bring him back before bad stuff happens to him right so well there's... actually sorry one of the yeah. parties is actively trying to make bad stuff happen to him yeah um but even his in the first episode his principal talks about how Wayne has essentially the same code that his dad had was that he only beats up people that quote unquote deserve it um and um, well, he right. tells Wayne, if you go or if you spend your whole life trying to right wrongs, that'll be your life. Yeah. Um, then that's what he does. He like, he can't, if he sees something wrong happening, he has to intervene. Right. And he doesn't know a way to intervene outside, outside of, violence. of violence. Right. Which is, and that's why it's such like a fascinating character portrayal. It especially makes sense because like, because of his age. Like, if it was, like, an adult man who was doing this... Which there are. Right, that's true. (laughs) In this kind of world, it it is a little heightened. Like, that's kind of another interesting thing about the show, is it's really grounded, but also has kind of these almost sort of fantastical elements, but they're, like, more just heightened elements, where it's like, all of this could theoretically happen right it's heightened because people in this show can take way too many punches (laughs) yeah that's the main thing (laughs) right like 
this is one of those shows where if you have any concept of what a, a person can actually take in a fight, you, you're gonna be like, why isn't uh, why is he not down? Oh yeah, right. Like, oh yeah. All it takes is a solid hit to the jaw, and you're fucking unconscious, right? Wayne right. has a soup. He is like mini Deadpool, and that he has like a superhuman healing ability, and that he practically starts from zero at the beginning of every episode, even though it's only been a couple days. It's necessary for the is, story, but it yeah, is. it at times makes you be like, uh, I don't know about that one. Like, but um, anyways, yes, um, it is different. Like, if you were to see the same show, but with like a mature adult man. Um, in this character's position, it would come off very differently, I think. Like Deadpool? Sort of, but I guess I mean that, like, in a world like this is that is so grounded in, like, real life, if there was an adult man doing all this, you'd be kind of like, hey! <laughs> but because it's a, a little teenager, like, it almost makes more sense because it's like, when you're that age, you your sense of right and wrong is very... Binary. Right. It's because you haven't seen the complexities of the world. La-da-da. Like, that kind of thing. And he's like... <laughs> He's like if you were a teenager who got on Tumblr and was, like, loudly proclaiming your beliefs about social justice with very little information, but, like, instead he's doing that well, <laughs> they, with punching people. They address that in the very first episode, because the opening scene of the show is he's breaking the do, the windows of some dude's car garage, car shop. Um, and you find out later he's doing that because he was the boyfriend of his dad's caretaker, and he the guy cheated on her. And she says, that's my problem, Wayne. And I was, yeah. he cheated on me, so I break up with him. Right, which right? is a concept that And that's how that, that works. Like, so you don't have really to go right. and, like, bust up his shop. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. I still baked you a pie. Yeah. But that's not how this works. You know, right. he did something wrong to me. I broke up with him. It's resolved. Yeah. Um, Wayne can't really see that, you know. Um, and it also helps that he's also just this dorky kid. Is The scenes where he's not... The Wayne as a character is like a binary in this show, and I love it. He's yeah. either this dorky teenager who does not understand, like he is so socially inept, and he's also an unstoppable force of nature. Right, it's and a fun it's, combination. It's fun because, like, when he's talking to his girlfriend or to other teenagers, he doesn't know how to fucking interact. He he's such a dweeb. He has no idea what he's saying or doing and is obviously incredibly socially inept. And so that counteracts the, uh, if he was only a force of nature, it wouldn't qu be quite no, as right. fun. No, right, it's good. Like, imagine it if he was, like, super smooth and well-spoken and could just, like, navigate every social interaction with ease. I wouldn't care as much. I'd just be like, oh, so it's just a guy who can do everything. It's fucking Tony Stark or some shit. Like, but instead, it's, yeah, it's like a super awkward teenager who doesn't quite know how to connect to people um, in any way other than, you know, what we've already described. And, like, someone who's, like, a super badass, but only in one particular way, and in every other way is just <laughs> hopelessly floundering around. Right. Um, and, you know, he does drop the occasional one-liner, but the uh, it's v only occasional. That, he doesn't usually do it in fights. <laughs> like the only one that immediately comes to mind is your dad don't got no nose no more <laughs> fucking um which you know is after the fight so i'll allow it um no spoilers but someone loses a nose i'll, I'll openly spoil the first episode okay, i okay, don't that's, that's fair it's the first episode yeah that's um yeah and i i like how his interactions with 
Dell kind of like show that a little more because his the, his interactions with him grow and change. Right, right. Really. And she's someone who knows a little more about the world, but even though she's obviously still like, you know, <laughs> they're still both closed off. This right, is this is a teenager. story about two people who um share similar childhood traumas yeah. that deeply and intimately affect their interactions with other people. They both lost their moms they, they, in they like both different ways. Lost their moms. Um they both ha- they're both incredibly poor. Um they're used to people being shit. Um and so these are two characters who are having to overcome their trauma together. Mm-hmm. Um and it's written really well. Yeah. Like every episode will focus on like Wayne has this particular thing and then hang up and then Dell's like fuck you can't be like that and then like he overcomes it and then often mm-hmm. sometimes it has to be Dell doing that like they both grow because of their interacting with each other right yeah and it's really sweet and it's and you know the um they both have things to learn from each other like it's with Dell it's kind of a little subtle because usually she's just kind of like a loud asshole to people but like you get little bits and pieces of it like for instance in the episode that is focused on her and about her backstory that she genuinely wants people to like her and like wants to help people but just first of all doesn't really know how to do it and secondly people just judge her because of I don't know her accent and her you know her abrasiveness and everything and like who her family is right right and yeah because she's very poor her mom is implied to be an addict to something i'm not entirely sure what um and she like tries to run for i think it was student body president or something like that and has a good speech where she's like promising actual attainable things but of course is beaten out by the popular girl who just kind of gets up there and sails through it like And so you kind of have sympathy for her in that way because it's, like, she genuinely wants to connect with people, but, like, you know, is stopped from doing that. The only person she ever had a connection with was with her mom who was addicted to painkillers and was uh, a a serial thief and liar. And then her dad and her brothers who are both incredibly emotionally closed off. Um, (laughs) Zero emotions, heart empty. (laughs) Well, what's really sad, watching the backstory for Dell episode was really sad because you could yes. see who her dad was before mm-hmm. um, her mom. Yeah. You know, the so- only time they ever have a positive interaction is that one time when she's buying supplies and he, like, actually tries to help her. Um, and that's, like, all you right, get. Right, the worst part is, so her dad is one of the main antagonists throughout the entire series. And that episode hurts because you can see the 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 outline of where he could be a good dad. Right. Um, and so he was also given, you know, gotten the shit stick. So it's, it's, yeah, it's the cycle it's, of, it's people yeah. being, uh, it's the, for people perpetuating the cycle because yeah. that's all they know. Mm-hmm. And so it's people being shitty to other people because life was shitty to them and they don't know how to break in. It's about these people who are, I guess are trying to break free of that mm-hmm. and the people who are trying to help them. Mm-hmm. Right there, there are forces on both sides. There are people who are trying to keep them in that cycle of people being shitty to each other, and then there are those that are helping to try and break that. And I only realized it just now. Yeah. Um, right. It's, it's, right. It's good. The writing is so good. <laughs> yeah. No. It it is really good. Uh, um. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. I appreciate even though it obviously is a show that has like heroes and villains, 
it it is always in such a way that it's like the heroes aren't like shining paragons of virtue they're just people who are really trying and the villains aren't like they still have a human side this show is like you know I, i was just saying this about pirates of the caribbean last night about how this show has the whole gamut of good to bad it has your explicitly lawful good, your neutral goods, your chaotic goods, and then it's got your chaotic evils like 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 Dell's family. You want to hate them, but you're still given episodes where they're humanized. And then you also just have the pure evil at the far end with like Wayne's uh the the guy that Wayne's mom is with. Yeah, and his whatever son. his fucking they, name They're is, given yeah. zero sympathy or empathy at all, which I I it's i love when a show runs the whole gamut yeah right like there's objectively good there's questionably good there's kind of gray then there's questionably evil and then just blatantly well see the function of um i would argue that the function of oh my god what is his fucking name the guy that wayne's mom marries whatever his name is white trash asshole that guy and his son reggie their kind of function is to represent like the antithesis of of Wayne or like what he could be like right. Reggie in they're particular they're bad for the sake of being bad right like cuz i mean Reggie who is kind of the final boss once again it's like the fighting yourself thing that we see all the mm-hmm. time in superhero media like he is what Wayne could have become if his dad didn't have his quote unquote code yes right because you see um Reggie's interactions with his father very different like um and yet somehow similar like you you see that like these are men who only know violence and you know don't don't really have much going on for them outside of that and so it's like this is what you could have become but i would say even what you still could become if you're not careful like i think it it's supposed to be a contrast in that way um which i like i you know <laughs> i always like the the battling your shadow self trope <laughs> because it's like that's what we all have to do you know we have to, more than anything else, we have to fight the, <laughs> ourselves. You know? Can you can you handle? But you can beat yeah. me, Scott. Can, can you but can you defeat yourself? yourself? Yeah, exactly. Nega Scott. Right, and even I think it's even kind of spelled out. This isn't the spoiler portion, so I'll just describe it in vague. This terms. will be a good spot to break. <laughs> yes, okay. and then we can do the spoiler portion. Okay. All right. Yes. So from this point until. The break will... Will be spoiler portion. Yes. Okay. So, you know, the the kind of the final battle in, like, the last episode is, you know, Wayne fighting his shadow self or stepbrother, I guess you could say. Um, And, you know, like, the stepbrother, Reggie, has this whole monologue. He's, like, talking about, like, (laughs) trying to use this metaphor of, like, hyenas (laughs) fighting for food as puppies, like, um, and I don't know if this is true or not, but basically saying that, like, one hyena puppy will kill all the others (laughs) in attempting to claim the milk for themselves. And so that's sort of... Stephanie, I believe the exact phrase was, they mama's titty. Fighting for they mama's titty, Yeah. (laughs) You're going to keep coming back for that, too. <laughs> exactly. I mean, aren't we all? Um, but, so, basically, right, basically the metaphor there is, like, well, kind of literally, they're fighting for, like, the attentions of their shared mother, <laughs> which is kind of sad in and of itself. And, of course, that that kind of happens, like, with, like, Reggie being super, like, over the top, like, Mama, can you do this for me? And, like, super rubbing it in his face in, like, a really weird way. 
Um, but it kind of shows that, like, yeah, that's him, like, staking his claim on the family, like, on the legacy that Wayne didn't get to have. And so, like... Right, okay. Now that we're into spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne was coming for this car, so his dad bought a car. And then the same day he bought it, uh, Wayne's mom and her new boyfriend ran off to Florida with that car and, like, stole it. And so Wayne's dad, before he died, was sad that he had nothing to leave to Wayne. Um, not even a house. And, except for that car, but he, you know, his mom ran off with the car. So his dad can't give it to him. And so Wayne goes on the quest to get the only thing his dad had to leave for him, other than his sense of honor, <laughs> his, his sense code. of right, his code. Um, and at the end of the first episode, we see that fucking shit for brains, his mom's new husband giving that car to reggie his, oh yeah his it's son. super on the nose it's super like, on the nose yeah. so wayne shows up to steal back this car that his new stepbrother has now claimed and his who, who also has like claimed his mom right so you get a whole episode with wayne and his mom and his mom being pretty nice and it's it's really sad one um, of the more complex characters in the show as far as like the moral absolutely, spectrum goes absolutely yeah, I liked their interactions a lot. Um, yeah. Um. Go go ahead. What were you I don't know, just and then by the end of it, you know, of course Wayne realizes he doesn't need the car or his mom, right? You know, um, he's got Dell. She's his new family, basically. They're they're all of the other needs. Yeah. At this at the at this point in time. Um, yeah, because their families are kind of shit. <laughs> um, right. Wayne was gonna give up on trying to get the car. But Reggie didn't believe him, so Reggie shows up to try and, you know, kill right. Wayne, and then... But of course, like I said, at that point, it's like a metaphorical battle. It's like a battle for, for your position in society. A battle for your 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 family's legacy, for your position as the son. Mm -hmm. You know, and of course, in Reggie's mind, I'm sure there can't be more than one, even though there could be. But, you know, he basically has a whole monologue refuting that that idea. Um, yeah, so I thought that was really cool, and I also liked how, you know, when the the quest starts out, it's, like, ostensibly about just reclaiming a car, and I was like, nah, there's gonna be more to it than that, and I was right, because, you know, there's that one point in the one episode where Del is literally like, oh, it's not about the fucking car, it's about your mom, like, that was what it was about the whole time, and it's like, yep, yeah, I knew that's what it was gonna be, because it's like... It wasn't just that she ran off with the, the car. It was that she ran off with that that piece of their family, and and it's like broken in that way. Um, I don't know. It was really cool, really well done. Um, okay, so <laughs> backing up. Um, oh gosh, I had I had so many thoughts about this. And I'm trying to gather them right now. Um, I really wish I had gotten to rewatch it one more time. Like. I watched it once and then I went back and watched the first episode and the last episode because I was like, you know, trying to get like the full view as much as I could. Um, but you miss a lot in there. Oh, you do. There's, there's so much There's a lot happens. of like Wayne and Del getting glimpses of being normal teenagers. Yeah. Um, which is a really nice episode <laughs> with the coolest gay couple. Yeah, um, yeah the two little lesbians. The coolest lesbian little girls. baby lesbians. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that one was really sweet. <laughs> like how they basically get roped into going to prom. <laughs> right. There's a whole episode where 
uh, they're eating like they're eating lunch at a pizza place and truancy shows up and like forces all the kids to go to school and Del's like but I don't fucking go here yeah, like, <laughs> and they don't care here. they just send her to the school and she ends up in detention with these two girls and there's this a great bit where they're like you, you had a boyfriend you had a girlfriend and she's like I got a Wayne and they're like what's a Wayne and then you hear a motorcycle revving and Wayne rides his fucking motorcycle through the school to come pick her up and leave <laughs> Um, and then, you know, she decides she wants to go to prom that night because she wants a chance to be a normal teenager. Yeah. Um, and it's nice. And all the kids like, like Wayne, cause he's a hero to them now. Oh, um, and, and then. And some really cool stuff happens. And... I don't have to spoil everything. <laughs> I'll spoil some say. things. I don't have to spoil I really everything. liked the ending of that episode. <laughs> oh, fuck did I do this? Oh, well. All right. Well, I just ruined a piece of paper on my notepad. I'm sorry, sweetie. No, I should probably set my drink on it. Why Oops. You, why do you have that notepad anyway? Because sometimes I have thoughts in the middle of an episode <laughs> while you're talking, and I need to write it down because I want to listen to you, and I'm going to forget it if Aww, I listen to you. He wants to listen yeah. to me. Uh, yeah, no, I probably should have taken more notes. We haven't been taking notes a lot recently, which no, is probably No, we used to be diligent, but that's, I used to take a full page of notes but then we for got every lazy. movie, and, you know, I realized I don't need to do that because we're not going beat by beat. <laughs> I guess, but... I'll oh. remember it if it's important. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it's not necessarily true. Oh my Citation god. Citation needed. Yeah. Um. Um. Oh gosh. Okay. What's some of the other stuff I was thinking about? Um. Uh. Some similarities I noticed between this one and the next show we'll be talking about. Um. On becoming a god in Central Florida. Um. First of all, I noticed that both kind of kick off with the death of the patriarch. Mm -hmm. Um, as it were, like, in this one, like, the death of Wayne's father in the first episode, in the other show, the death of the main character's husband. Which, as I've said already, if it's in the first episode, I'm not calling it a spoiler. Yeah, that's that might, fair. That, that's that might as well be the episode right summary, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> the, the series summary. Okay. <laughs> um, right, and I, I thought that was an interesting similarity between these two, because it's like, uh, on a kind of a symbolic level, like, the death of the patriarch represents, like, having to move beyond what was and, like, having to build something new. Mm -hmm. um, right, and both of our characters are starting from basically zero when the patriarch dies. Right. So they're having to forge their own way from nothing both times. Yes. Like, they, yeah, they both start out with... Well, in Wayne's case, very poor. In in Crystal's case... Well, she has no money when her husband dies <laughs> right. either. So they both start out with zero money. Right. Like, broke, essentially. Maybe not poor, but definitely broke. Um, And, right. And then having to figure out what does my life mean uh, independent of what I was raised with, independent of what I was before. Where do I go from here? Right. Um, which, which, yeah, is a really cool way to start it out because it's like about growing beyond what you were and having to navigate the circumstances that life has unfortunately thrown your way. Um, and like another similarity is both, yeah, like we said, like both of them are about people who have very little money and, you know, which is kind of a, a, a nice change of pace because a lot of shows are about people who either have money or for whom or, money is immaterial. Yeah, it's not an issue. Right. Because, I mean, unfortunately, that is kind of what you have to do a lot of times in order to tell a particular story because of the realities of our world, you know, uh, um, a lot of times there are things that people just can't do if they don't have the money or they don't have this financial stability. Um, 
But these shows are both kind of about, like, either about money in a lot of ways, as is the next one we'll be talking about, or are about kind of the absence of money, <laughs> as is this one. Um, and, yeah, and I, I really like that, and I would say both of them kind of depict, like, the the world that these characters live in as almost a sort of lawless world, like... Yeah, it almost is. Right. So for the most For most of Wayne people will do shit and you're like why isn't this guy spending his life in prison and then the last couple episodes you know the authority someone shows up and you're like oh okay this guy is actually going to pay for all of the consequences of his actions right which is just takes a little time which as a person enjoying a story is immensely <laughs> satisfying right yeah because uh, when when you see when you're shown episode after episode after episode of these blatant villains just be doing whatever the fuck they want and getting away with it, you you want a little bit of catharsis. You're not given a ton, right? Because our hero ends up in the same place as our villains. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it does give you that reassurance that this is not a world free from consequences. Right. And it's... That's even kind of addressed a little bit, like, like at the beginning of the last episode, <laughs> when uh, Wayne has, like, a dream sequence where he, like, dreams that he's at a bowling alley With talking Conan the to Conan the Barbarian, <laughs> which is great, don't get me wrong, it's it's a great which manifestation it's, it's fun. of, it's like, a his inner thing. monologue. It's a yeah. running thing throughout the series, right. that, like, the only cultural, uh, the only pop culture he's aware of is Conan the Barbarian comic books. <laughs> it's fun. Right, and you can see how it's like, in some ways he's based himself off of that, and in some ways he's sought that out because he feels like it's who he already was. Like, um, like when he's talking to Conan the Barbarian <laughs> at the bowling alley, like, um, he's based, he's, he tells him that civilization is unnatural. Like, and that's kind of maybe one of the central conflicts of the show is, like, of the idea of, you know, what is civilization? What does it mean to be civilized? And is it even worth it, you know, when so much of civilization has abandoned you? And, um, and, and even within that episode, that's one of the main through lines. And it's, it's manifested in different ways. First of all, there's the dream sequence, you know, where he's, he's thinking about talking to Conan the Barbarian and then them like slaying bad guys together <laughs> um and then beyond that like when he wakes up he talks to the cop whose name I don't remember um the redhead cop who's cool uh, I don't remember either but he's a good character yes he is a really good character and he has that whole and this is a character who just the episode b before we found out has you know his his own ability to enact violence yeah <laughs> like um no spoilers because that's a really great scene but um but basically um then this character has a monologue to him about like basically like about finding your joy in life like finding your purpose in life and how that's different for different people um and how sometimes people try to force themselves into certain boxes but in wayne's case you almost get the sense that Maybe he's forcing himself into the barbarian box, you know? Well, like... he, he's he's keeping himself in what he has learned or what he thinks he needs to be to survive. And this guy's, right. the, the officer is off telling him or showing him basically like, there are, there are many paths, right? Like there, there are, 
you you don't have to do this specific thing there are other ways to live and thrive and have a good life yeah um and the oh i was when you were talking about civilization being a uh what was it what's the what's the phrase civilization is unnatural is unnatural um it kind of it is showing wayne's worldview that basically the world and society at large has abandoned him has forsaken him um and then you know that's immediately followed up with the fact that every officer in the building leaves because leaves and abandons him society literally does society literally abandoned him um to fend for himself when the wolves came after him yeah that's true that's quite Um, literal and only Dell shows up to save him, so that's also significant because, you know, when the, the the cop is talking to him, he's like, you know, you obviously have a connection with this girl, like, maybe you guys can, maybe there's something for you beyond just this. Right, like, she could be your, your happiness, your reason to live, your reason to find a life and not just be this nomad going around enacting violence upon wrongdoers. Right, right. Right, and and so, yeah, and that's part of why it's such a good episode and a good finale, because, like, all those ends do get kind of tied up in, in a certain way, like, they are revisited, and, like, here's what happens, like, here's the answer, which, ah, uh, I love that. There's something about, like, a TV finale that it's, like, when it brings together all those different threads, like, which obviously isn't something we talk about a lot on here, because we mostly do movies, and movies can do this. Um, I take, I take... I take threads with similar compatible with some similar uh, themes. With, and I bring, bring them together. Them together. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, and like the whole thing is about I would argue like the main thesis uh, statement of as, maybe the whole show but especially the finale is like people realizing that they can care about each other and that they can be more than what they've been before. Um because, you know, um obviously when um Dell also mm-hmm. like she has the opportunity to leave but you know but she comes back to to help him um and and <laughs> and um even some of the other characters like the principal guy <laughs> you know he has that little through line that he thought like he couldn't have a dog because all his dogs end up dying <laughs> and um he ends up coming in uh he ends up adopting this dog who ends up being pregnant and has babies and it looks like one of the puppies is gonna die but he saves the puppy and so it's like you can like you can have a dog they aren't all going to die you can be better and like even in a very small way um the mom wayne's mom like um when she's talking to the the principal guy after the puppies were born and he says like you know you could still be something to him to your son right you don't have to be there was a little bit of conflict and like wayne was staying with them for a while and his mom was actually trying to be a mom to him because clearly she has felt a a certain amount of guilt about leaving wayne and his dad right um and so she spends several days trying to be a good mom to wayne and then her new husband says basically wayne's gotta fucking go yeah that's good um and then she, you know, kicks Wayne out. And so that moment where she is, um, what's the word, Stephanie? Vindicated? Not vindicated. <laughs> some, 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 more or less Something that. like that, yeah, um, along those lines. When the principal says, you can still be something to Wayne. Right. right. Like, that's all he needs, right? She doesn't, she's never going to be the best mom in the world. Given her current living situation, she can't even be a full-time mom. But she can still be something to him. Which is all she needed to hear, right? Because yeah. 
she was given a binary option, right? right. Like either he's he he leaves or you both leave. Yeah. Um and so that that was nice. Right. Um it's it's everyone everyone in the show who has trouble who who you're supposed to relate to, you know, beyond the main villains. You're they are shown that your past relationships don't define you. They don't define your future relationships. You can grow beyond that. You can have the things you've dreamed about. Like, it's not a fantasy, despite everyone in your life telling you that that's stupid. Yeah. Um, right, and these are people who forward. live in a world that doesn't really support their dreams or whatever, and doesn't really make it easy for them to have what they want and what they need. Um, right, which is why, like, it's so satisfying to see them have those realizations that, like, oh... You know, I don't just have to abandon my son completely for my new family. You know, I don't have to resign myself to being alone. You know, I don't have to completely I, reject it. Right, I don't have to close myself off to other people because the people who have been in my life up to this point have only hurt me. Yeah. I can open up to someone new, you know, and right. they they pro- they won't leave me. Um, yeah. They, they both have abandonment issues, Del and Wayne. Yeah, um, <laughs> to say the least. Right, and it's, yeah, and it, it's particularly, like... Well, not just Del and Wayne. Del's uh, dad and her brothers, the whole reason they chase Del across the entire East Coast yeah. is because they also have abandonment issues. Yep. I know, it's like, you really do hate them, but at the same time, you're like, you also feel bad for them, because, like, this is just a family that's been completely shattered, yeah. like, and it's... Um, which, by the way, Del's dad is played by the fucking Mayhem guy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, All I'm state, a teenage right? girl texting on her cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> like. No, he's great. No, he's really great. Like you really hate him, but he does a great job. Also, you will develop a you you will potentially develop a bit of a Boston accent after watching this fucking show. <laughs> you have a fucking shit for brains, you know. <laughs> I have never heard so many Boston. Don't accents you dare! In Don't one you show. Dare. Um, right. her bro- Del's brothers are uh, a fucking Tweedledee Tweedledum pair. They're, <laughs> they're a actually duo. twins. Yeah, yeah they're they're, <laughs> they're hilarious. No, they're great. Right, they're the um comedic henchmen to mm-hmm. the main bad mm-hmm. guy. <laughs> See, uh, this show shakes it up by having one smart bad guy with two dumb henchmen uh. instead of just the smart bad guy with the one dumb henchman. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Um, He's got two dumb henchmen. Two dumb henchmen, so they can have their own, you know, dumb stuff happen together. (laughs) Yes. Oh, and they sure do. (laughs) It's great. No, I, I, I do like those characters, and I'm, you know, of course, it's also pretty satisfying when like someone's asshole dad gets beat the fuck up (laughs) in a movie or TV show multiple times. That's something that you know we we can we can take a little enjoyment out of for sure shot and fried yeah exactly right i know like the, the, there's a little wish fulfillment for you be like well i don't want to beat my dad up but i wish someone else would well there you Tell go i've probably said it before i'll say it again i think every I'm, i say man i guess individual deserves one good punch at their father's face like you get one one whack you and and i i i've said this before also i will i agree to be on the receiving end of that right my son's allowed to punch right going into this if i if i am allowed to give my father one good punch to the face then you know all i can do is allow my son the same or my children the same yes Uh, it's it's more incentive to not have a bunch of kids (laughs) there you go so you only have to get punched so many times 
No, and, and I think daddy issues are also a little bit of a through current in both of these. They're subtle, more so in some way, or more so than in some properties, but they are definitely there. And and especially in this one, so much of it is about like masculinity and like what you do with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because what what it know. means to be a man. Right, right, extremely and toxic so. masculinity versus uh, what it means to care about. Yes. Care for the people you love and taking care of them versus just, quote unquote, being a man, being a tough guy. Right, exactly. Um, which, it's, th- these shows are so well written and they're, they have these themes, but they don't, be, you're not beaten over the head. It's it's subtle. It's, it feels very organic. If, yeah. if you put any amount of thought into it, you'll pick up on it. Um, right, But right. It, it benefits that, you know, it's, they're as you've heard stephanie say she's already planning on rewatching both of them all the way through yes <laughs> which i mean <laughs> shit if that's yeah if that's not a compliment to a show i don't know what is the fact yeah. that the fact that i was at work and stephanie texted me and said <laughs> i just i just watched three episodes of wayne like holy shit that's the biggest compliment a show can get so if i show her a, se- a single episode and she texts me i just watched three more you know well yes and i right right uh, no it both of these shows really clicked with me um i wasn't expecting wayne to as much i thought on becoming a god in central florida might but still i didn't expect either of these two click with you (laughs) as much as they did i think what it's it's hard to describe what clicks with me about wayne so well because like i said in so many ways it is kind of about masculinity so it's not necessarily something that speaks to my direct experience but in more abstract ways i think it does because the aspect of it that is about being just angry, you know, being angry at the world and being angry at injustice, being angry at, you know, people who have abandoned you, people who have wronged you, like, and being angry at a very formative time in your life, like at a time when if the world was a just place, no one would have to experience those things, you know, like, it's sad, it's tragic that, you know, a couple of teenagers would be so angry at the world because that shouldn't happen you know (laughs) if 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 things were perfect like the ideally they wouldn't have to have those more adult feelings and you know deal with those more adult issues but um but i think it makes a lot of sense and especially i don't know (laughs) i especially connect with um (laughs) our central characters um that feeling of like just seeing injustice happen around you and feeling like this absolutely just burning need to do something about it mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. in a way that you maybe don't always know exactly what to do and you can't always do it in the best way uh, for wayne it's usually uh grabbing the nearest heavy object <laughs> and smacking someone across the face with it right right and it's like and i feel for a lot of us that that is something that you feel really deep down like there is almost that that violent tendency. Right, that this we show have. is like, a little bit of wish fulfillment, and like, see, oh you, yeah, it shows absolutely. you wrongs that happen in the real world. Right, it's not a supervillain plot. It's right. all real things that real shitty people could do, and then it shows someone just fucking giving it to those people <laughs> and fucking literally hospitalizing them, and you're like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. On some level, it is satisfying. Like you know that that's not how the world capital w works like it can't always be that way but like especially like in the dream sequence that we were talking about earlier i thought it was a little funny because (laughs) 
this this isn't happening actually it's happening in a dream in the show but like the guy technically doesn't even do anything violent he's just being an asshole and like yelling at his wife and kid but we've all kind of experienced that feeling where it's like you know you you're on the peripheries like you you hear something you witness something and it just makes you really angry and you're like it it shouldn't be like this i i want to do something but i don't know what to do and of course in the dream sequence the the solution is to slice someone up Wayne wakes up every morning and chooses violence yes right but it's and i appreciate kind of the nuance take the show has on that that it's like that is that's a natural thing to feel the only thing is that you can't live your entire life that way like because like you said that'll be your life that will just consume you you have to be able to channel those things (laughs) into healthier (laughs) healthier ways of living and and part of that once again as the show explores is through like taking that love and that care for other people and channeling them into your own life like and and actually forming relationships right it's it's really nice it's i think it's nuanced as nuanced as a show about teenagers beating people up can be (laughs) um yeah no that's it's really good and like caleb said it does kind of end on a cliffhanger so really hoping the watcher beware yeah it it Without spoilers, even though this is the spoiler section, but without spoilers, I would say it it does have it reaches a satisfying arc ending. <laughs> There's a little more after it that obviously right. sets up a second season, yeah. and which kind of <laughs> ends things on a slightly less happy note than they seemed like they would be. That's the vaguest terms I can put it in. <laughs> yeah. Um. But. That being said, it's still kind of like, even if it doesn't get a second season, it's almost like you could kind of imagine how the second season would go, and right. you're like, I'm okay with that. I, right. I think things will be okay. When you see the last scene, you'll probably go, <laughs> but you'll still be happy you watched it. Right, right, yes. No, I, yeah, and I, I really want, I'm hoping that anyone who listens to this will give these shows a try, because they definitely merit some attention, and I just haven't seen anyone talk about them. No, which I I'm haven't. Really sad literally about. the only time I've ever seen anyone mention one one of these was uh, you know the only time I've seen people mention Wayne was, was on that Reddit thread, yeah. which was a random clip from the show, and the comments was full of people saying, "What is this?" <laughs> That's so sad. And then to I'll me. mention how I found out my coming out in Central Florida once we get to that segment okay. of the show. Yes, but absolutely go watch it. Um, I guess this one's probably even more accessible than the next one we'll talk about because just if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it. Um, and you should definitely do that because I need to create a fandom around these shows so just so I can see people talk about them <laughs> that aren't just me and Caleb. Uh, not that we don't have great opinions because we always do. Okay, um, so we will see you guys again after the break for On Becoming a God in Central Florida. Hey, everyone. Thanks for checking out our show. Give us a follow on Twitter at SoundsFilmiliar and let us know any film pairings you would like us to cover. Did you also know that we have a sister show that covers cryptids, UFOs, and anything else strange and spooky? If that sounds like your thing, be sure to listen to I Hope You Exist on your favorite podcast service. We love you. Now back to the show. We're 
we're back from the break, and poor Stephanie here has just had to learn about both the adventures of Pluto Nash and Mars Needs Moms, two of the biggest box office failures of the century so far. I would say there's a pairing for us, but let's I don't want not to watch them. They both take place in space. They were both miserable failures, and I've also never seen either of them, and never will. Yeah. So actually, I okay, I am a little, I am can't. a little morbidly curious about Pluto Nash, oh. but uh. Oh. It cost $100 million to make and uh, grossed $7 million at the box office. That's Fucking, depressing. That's what I believe the kids call woof. <laughs> um, is that what the kids are saying? I have absolutely um, no. Uh, cringe. Are, yeah, this that's, ain't it, that's, 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 Yeah, that's what the kids would call major cringe. Delete this, bestie. Um, <laughs> um, we're back to talk about... <laughs> Not... <laughs> Mars Needs Not Moms Pluto or Pluto Nash. Nash. Yeah. Um, Something very we're different. We're here to talk about the clumps. Um, yeah. I'm just, <laughs> we're here to talk about On Becoming a God in Central Florida. Yes. So, yeah, this is in some ways a very different type of show from Wayne. In some ways, has a lot of similarities. Uh, yes. Wayne was released January 2019 on YouTube. And this was uh, released in August 2019. Uh, stars Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, I really like her in this, and she she really kills it. Who we stand? Yeah, we do. Um, I haven't seen a lot of movies with like her as the main character. Like, I feel like a lot of the time she's like a supporting character or a love interest or something. Mm-hmm. But she's definitely the protagonist of the this right, one. right. Okay, so this this show stars um, Kirsten Dunst and her uh, impressive cleavage. Um, I know. I was, <laughs> God, I'm allowed to say this because I'm a woman. I don't remember her cleavage being that impressive in some of the other movies I've seen her. Well, in. it's because she was always playing ingenue roles. I'm That's assuming. That's true. So either they gave her, and a, some of uh, us ladies, as we get older, we get a little more in that department. Right. So either for this movie, they gave her a um, Victoria's Secret uh, <laughs> bombshell bra, bombshell bra or yeah. um, she was just allowed to be milfy. And this one, which she she really that is. was literally how I described. <laughs> I think how I described the show to Stephanie was like just. Uh, uh, she was like, "What's it about?" I was like, uh, it's, uh, "Stars a very milfy Kirsten Dunst." Um, sold. <laughs> right. No, that's literally how I was sold on watching it. Was I? I follow, right. I was going to ask you about. That. I follow a Twitter account. I think this was from One Perfect Shot or whatever the One Perfect Frame. I don't remember what the yeah One exact, Perfect Shot. Um. And they posted a GIF from this show that was Kirsten Dunst in a very busty mermaid costume, like, smiling at the camera. And I was like, what the fuck? And it said, On Becoming a God in Central Florida, parentheses 2019. I was like, I have never heard of that. Two days later, I watched it. And the only reason I didn't watch it sooner was because I was in the middle of watching Wayne. (laughs) (laughs) He had all sorts of stuff to get to. Um, Which is funny, because that shot of her in the mermaid costume is, is very brief unfortunately right that doesn't happen until like episode eight or something she wears some cute outfits and some awful 90s outfits in the show it is set in the early 90s and i would say overall pretty good at conveying the aesthetics of the era um and but i mean as far as we're aware we weren't able to form memories until like 1998 from what i've been able to see from like old photos that my parents had and stuff um, in particular, 
her bangs aren't quite awful enough, but some of the other the female other characters' are. bangs <laughs> are, yes. <laughs> and not to mention the, like, not quite mullet, but sort of mullet that her husband has in the first episode. <laughs> with, like, the hair kind of hanging down in the back. Um, but no, she's she's really great in it, and I really hope she gets to, to head up more projects like that. Um, and doing a, a pretty good southern accent. You know, some some yeah. actors can and some actors can't. That's yeah, no, she, like she really nailed the particular type of southern accent yes. you hear right, in Right, because there's different kinds. And a lot of times in movies when they have someone do a southern accent, it's either like a super vague one. She really or... got the, the she, she got the twang, you know? Right, right. It, the... it, it, it can't be like a genteel southern accent. No. It has to be like a this kind of thing. Like that, Yeah, yeah, that's definitely going to do a better than I. I'm from the south most of my family is rednecks and i can't even do a half shit southern accent well see mine kind of comes out sometimes like when i'm talking to my You're family, out with your family. Yeah, because they have southern accents Fine. <laughs> yeah exactly um, <laughs> so that's when mine comes out though i generally try to keep it absent on the podcast <laughs> i've been actively suppressing mine since the ninth grade so <laughs> I can't even do it. That's, but Caleb has more rednecks in his family than I do. Oh, yeah. I'm talking... <laughs> we're talking um, trailer parks and, and meth produ- production, okay? Oh, boy. So your your family is like a combination of these two shows as far as, like, white trash goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no offense. I'm, mine, mine has their issues as well. All right. <laughs> so that's past the... That's how I found out about it. Yeah. Um, was through a random twitter post um well which is great though because it's like once again i just haven't seen people talking about these shows which is such a shame because they're so good and like there's so much to love um yeah and so caleb told me about it and i I remember him like texting me about it while he was watching it i was like at the bar with my friends and he was like is this about amway (laughs) (laughs) to which stephanie said what's What's amway Amway? See, Stephanie got lucky, and her family didn't fall into that at any point in time, unlike mine. Yeah. Um, Fortunately, it only lasted a couple months. But we were, I was eating Amway snacks for years. Were they good? They were adequate. Oh my god. Everything we got from Amway was just okay. Yeah. It. Right, it's like obviously we're we're familiar with the concept of like MLMs and pyramid schemes, that right. kind of thing. So the concept of this show, yeah, yeah, let's is, go ahead and talk about that. Um, a woman, Kirsten Dunst's character, her husband has bought very heavily into this pyramid scheme um, that revolves around selling products like snack foods and toilet paper, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, like household products to other people and then convincing those people to sell their products to other people thus netting you money which is basically what amway is um it's it's a massive pyramid pyramid scheme scheme. and nobody who's doing this is actually making very much money the only person making money are the people at the very very top who are able to convince these people which in this case one man at the very very top who he's not the founder of the company he's just really high up in in the ranks um who he produces tapes at like uh motivational tapes and uh, sells tickets to rallies and shit um that all these people buy and that's how he makes money but all these people who are attempting to they're sold that they can become millionaires by following this company's system and none of them are but there's always they have to dangle that carrot in front of them, Dangling or it's about carrot. to turn around. You're about to make a yes, profit. Yes, you were like, this close. If you just work a little harder. Yep. Yep. 
And so it's a it's sorry I said all of that. It's about a woman whose husband has bought into that, um, and they're he makes good money. He who's making forty thousand a year. He makes good in, money before he started. Right, doing he that. was making forty thousand a year in nineteen ninety two, which translates to seventy six thousand a year, which is not. He's an bad. insurance. He sells insurance. Right? Yeah, and he makes almost eighty k a year in twenty twenty one money, which is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, all right. God, I, especially I hope if you we live, get to that. Yeah. Especially if you live in like you know not a massive city right if right? you live in like central florida and you're making that kind of money you can live pretty well <laughs> yeah um and they're practical they're on the edge of broke because he is buying into this and has all these people in his downline who he he's selling products to and he's trying to become a millionaire um and the main conflict um in this episode is that you know she grew up poor and is perfectly happy having a house and a car and health insurance yeah that's something you kind of you don't really get her full backstory but you do kind of get bits and pieces of it right she she tells her husband i will not be poor again yeah right that's that's that's, that's relatable that's part of the main conceit of this show is the corruption of people who already have what they need um like crystal she is perfectly happy she has a husband a healthy daughter a house and a car and health insurance they do not want for anything but her husband has been corrupted by this company and by this particular man's motivational speeches and his claims that he can make anyone a millionaire yeah it's it's the the american dream as like i said the carrot dangling in front of you that is constantly jerked slightly out of your reach um and right and i think that the whole show and part of what i like so much about it is that it's not just a send-up of pyramid schemes, which absolutely deserve to be sent up, uh, but also of capitalism in general, because uh, especially with, like, you know, some of the the dialogue, like, the motivational speeches are, are so much about, like, oh, America is the land of opportunity, and, like, you can get rich, you can be the best, and, like, you can tread all over everyone else, and, like, it's so much you, god made this country specifically yes. for your company to prosper right right it's so much that that capitalistic mindset that is like it's not good enough to just have what you need and be happy it's not good enough to just like i don't know uh, provide for everyone and live in harmony for other people those radical socialist ideals it's you have to be on top like and it specifically does at times couch that in the language of stepping over other people and like getting what you deserve right, there's, like, there's that one fucking bit where you hear one of the tapes where he says something about seeing all the people you ran over in your yeah. rearview mirror you didn't mean to run <laughs> over just, them they just got in your right, way right right <laughs> oh yeah it's capitalism to a t it's the entire idea and like i really appreciate how it's able to do that with it's specifically skewering um MLMs, pyramid schemes, that kind of thing. But the thing about those is that in some ways they are the most perfect embodiment of capitalism. They prey on a particular mindset. Right. And they allow one person to get rich off of the labor of everyone else who is hoping that they will one day be the rich person. You you know, the the poor people believing themselves to be only temporarily embarrassed embarrassed millionaires. millionaires. (laughs) Like right. Like it and that's much in the way that we were talking about Wayne. Like, it's very much about the American experience or a uniquely American experience, but particularly a, I don't know, lower to lower middle class American experience where it's you either are completely abandoned by society, as we were talking about with Wayne, 
or you feel like you're just abandoned by society enough to feel like maybe you could claw your way back up the ladder, which is is this one. And it's <laughs> it's really heartbreaking. Um, and But no, I, I really like it because of that. And I really like how it kind of shows the different aspects of that. Yeah. Um, this is both, like I said, both these shows are incredibly well written. Um, this show is particularly good at leaving you wondering what's gonna fucking happen episode to yeah. episode. It, it's the, a ride. The, the mystery ride. Uh, unfolds slowly, but it's it's it, it you know a slowly unfolding mystery is good when it's actually like fully exposed. Yes. Um, it's really good at that. Ted Levine. Um, plays a fantastic villain. Um, also, oh god, what's his name? Um, hold on, I'm gonna look it up real quick. Um, Benny from the Money Mummy. Okay, okay. Played so by I Kevin J. O'Connor. I completely forgot that you said. You that forgot he was that I said it. that. And so the whole time I was like, "Who is that guy?" And he's playing such a different character from the one he plays in The Mummy. But now that I look at him, I can I can see it. This is a good picture. That is actually a good he's picture. An he almost man. looks kind of handsome <laughs> like, in that picture. Yeah. I know. He just keeps getting these roles where they won't let him be handsome. <laughs> right. It's, he, he's on he's on the border he's on the borderline between like like he's just weird enough. Well, that he has he that kind of skeletal pl- face almost. Right, like and he's got the fun, he's got the funny of the high pitched voice. Right, right. You know, so they make him play these weird characters. Like his first line in the show is literally like. Uh, fucking in the absence of order, <laughs> there's chaos, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Wait, right? What was the part when that happened? It was when he showed up to strip down the splasher size. Yes, right. <laughs> oh, and the big thing for his char- so his character is like the enforcer for the main bad guy, who's like the the guy in charge of all the MLMs and whatever. Yeah, and he's like the main henchman, and he like. All, all the time walks or, walks around in a suit with no shoes or socks. It's the most unsettling thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, and and we never find out completely why he does no, that. No, because she... I can't even... S- we'll talk about it mm. in the spoiler section. You want to talk about infuriating. Oh, I know. Okay. okay, so one of the other main characters is... um. So the way the MLM works is there's your upline and there's your downline. You buy stuff from your upline to sell to your downline. I guess people um, who have unfortunately experienced MLMs or like been around people who have will will know some we'll of this know, language. Right. Um, so, and <sighs> Crystal, I'm going to say this because it's the first episode and as I dictated previously, it's not a spoiler. No. Crystal's husband dies in the first episode. <laughs> in a kind of crazy and way. <laughs> She has to take over his position in the pyramid scheme. And his upline was this stupid fucking kid, this like 20-something kid who has no idea what he's doing named Cody. No, I love him. He's a great character. And he is a great character. And where was I going with this? Yeah, where were you Why did I bring Cody up? You're talking about downlines and uplines. (laughs) Well, uh, there was something specifically that led me to talking about Cody, and I already lost it. Oh, gosh. Well, first we were talking about the shoeless henchman. Cody's one of the main characters, and he is something. Yeah, it's, He's one of the, the the most interesting characters. No, this show is full of interesting characters. <laughs> it, they, it's, it really is. Yeah, it's really good because like they all feel very real and yet in that like we talked about with Wayne's slightly heightened way. Right. Like which makes sense for a show to do. Like you need those slightly larger yeah. than life characters. So since I forgot what I was saying about Cody, I'm gonna circle back to Crystal. 
Crystal is a woman who is literally just trying to survive. She's just trying to make do well enough so that she has a house over her head and food for her daughter. Um, so she has a, 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 a like a one year old. Yeah, very. Uh, when her husband dies. Um, and so she is conflicted in like trying to have to make a way to like pay their mortgage, which is behind. So they're massively in debt because her husband was spending way more on all this fam shit than fam is the name of the the, the company. Uh, Founders American Merchandise. Um, he was spending way more than he let on. And so she has to learn how to survive um, while the entire show she's conflicted between doing what she has to do to get by and, like, becoming someone that she hated and didn't want to be and, like, yeah. fighting between that and still maintaining her own sense of self. Right, that's, enti- that's like, the conflict for her is that, like, it, she has to do these you know, increasingly morally ambiguous things in pursuit of trying to survive and, and trying to to help people. Like, it... And it's it's sad, too, because it's, like, you see over and over again how she's forced into this position because, once again, if you look at the show as a critique of capitalism, like, as a whole, it's showing how so many times you have to sacrifice your morals and you have to sacrifice right. what you really want in order to just stay afloat. Right, it's sad because literally all April wants or needs... Crystal. Liter- Crystal. Why did I say April? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, all Crystal wants or needs is to be able to run this fucking water aerobics exercise class at the water park she works at. Right. Which will provide enough money for her to be able to support her and her daughter. And all of the people preventing her from doing that for stupid asinine reasons because it impacts their ability to make money minusculely. Mm-hmm. And then so she, to, in order to be able for her to do that to survive, all the people that she ends up negatively affecting on the way to that goal. And like, it's the it's it's the same thing as Wayne with the circle of corruption. Yep. It's just, it spreads, you know, and then, you know, a certain ways through April real... I said April again. <laughs> Crystal okay. realizes and attempts to break it. Right. Right. Because she she it looks like she's going to be the end of the cycle, and then she realizes she has to continue it to try and make way. Yeah. And a certain you know a certain point through, she realizes she has to be the one to break it to end it. Right. And and I think both of these shows kind of are about trying to break cycles. Um. You know the cycle of violence, the cycle of abandonment, and. Which I I would say probably rings pretty true to people in these socioeconomic positions. Like, something that we experience, you know, and I'll say we because, you know, I've experienced it too, is like being, yeah, being stuck in that cycle. Not just the cycle of poverty, but also the cycle of of abuse or, you know, the, the cycle of neglect that comes from those circumstances and from the lies that we're told from generation to generation. And at some point, you know, when it lands on you and you try to say, okay, well, the cycle stops with me, which is great to say, but then you actually have to, like, figure out figure how out you're going to do that. Right. And and figure out how that's going to affect you. And it's not easy. And, and I think that both of these are kind of about that. Right. And it's like, she she's also an interesting character because she does consistently kind of skirt the line of like doing stuff that she knows is probably not right but it's always with good intentions and with trying to like trying to break the cycle or just trying to survive but it shows like how 
you know, how people who, who don't want to do things that they know are wrong can be forced into those positions because they just have literally no other option. And that's the tragedy of it, is that the people who have all the money make all the decisions and could just force you into whatever position they want to. And the show is basically about her trying to <laughs> trying to get beyond that. Right, it's 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 literally about a single mom trying to make enough money to support her and her daughter, and then it ends up being about like the, the insane shit she has to go through to make yes. that a reality. Right, because of the crazy fucking hierarchy and just like all these weird ass conspiracies that they have going on to support their unethical business. Um, yeah, and I. I like also, obviously, she's the main character. I, I think there's, like, a couple of, like, sub-arcs, subplots of other characters that go through arcs that I also really liked. Because it's showing, like, the different sides of how this, you know, this pyramid scheme trickles down and affects different people. Um, and, and I really like those because, like, Crystal, she never buys into it. That's no. kind of the main thing about her character, she always knows that it's bullshit. Her struggle is to try to figure out first how to she's trying to figure out how to expose to people that it's bullshit and then when she realizes that that's not going to work, she's trying to work within the system and 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 use it to her advantage. Um and so but that's kind of the cool thing about her character and is that she <laughs> You always, she's kind of the audience surrogate in that you, the audience, know the whole time that it's bullshit. Like, you know that from the very beginning. So the show doesn't attempt to convince you or anything. Um, so you see it through her eyes and you're like, yeah, it's bullshit. So what do we do? Well, that's the problem. <laughs> like, what can you do? And then you kind of have to follow her through that journey. Meanwhile, um, like, there's other characters who more or less drink the Kool-Aid, um, like, but in different ways, um, you have, okay, so her co-worker, Ernie, um, they both work at this water park, a very central Florida type water park, um, and so he, the interesting thing about him is that he has a happy life, mostly. Right, he's got a wife and a son and a, that he both loves, and a house and a stable job but he's still incredibly depressed there's still something missing from that piece like he doesn't want for anything other than for his family to be happy when asked if he could have anything in the world he wishes for whatever his family wished for because he wants them to have everything he doesn't care about himself and yet he still is missing something right he's missing this piece and then april shows up offer christ <laughs> why am i doing that i don't know i i keep trying to think like this is, it, is insane this, is there another character whose name begins with a that's like oh my gosh <laughs> it's okay crystal it's, shows up and offers him this basically this thing he's missing he finds it in that and then that instant this creates this whole downward well spiral. and that that is an important arc that we needed to see was the arc of someone drinking the fam kool-aid yeah because that's like that's the whole business model right is they get people to buy into what they're selling right and part of the problem is that the the fam business model is a model based on unlimited consumption right much like capitalism yes 
It's capitalism in general is based on a model of unlimited potential consumption. Mm -hmm. Um, but then they find out that, you know, people are aware of fam. They're aware of this thing and that it's a scam. Right. They've heard the pitch. They've heard the pitch. And so it's about finding increasingly desperate groups of people who are willing to buy into the pitch. Oh, right. And that's the thing. Like you, that's the whole business model is you can't just prey on someone who has everything they could possibly want. Like, they don't prey on rich people. They prey on people who either are middle class and are trying to go up or on people who are poor and are just trying to survive. Like, that's who you have to go after. And, um, right. And it's especially sad, like, in the case of Ernie because it's like, he does have all these good things, but you get the sense that he's just mentally ill in some way and he needs some kind of help that, you know, isn't coming from the teat of capitalism like someone who needs therapy or meds or a hobby or or literally anything like but but instead and especially sad is the fact that he consistently like rejects it for the first few episodes he's like that's okay i don't need that i have what i need but through you know kind of wearing him down and preying on his insecurities eventually and the saddest part is that it's ultimately Crystal who who gets him to do it. Like, it, even though she knows that the whole thing is bullshit and you almost kind of see that guilt on her face. What is, like, yeah, she she's a complex character. She does feel right, this right. guilt, especially towards the end of the series when she sees what it does to their family. Like, she likes Ernie. She likes his family. They're her friends, but she needed to survive. And she was having to resort to unethical methods to to getting other people uh swept away in this thing um yeah and that's that's kind of the the sad thing about following ernie's arc i won't get into spoilers because of you know the we haven't gotten (laughs) the spoiler spoiler section yeah but basically his arc is that he is eventually roped into it and really does like buy into it um, for a long time until he eventually sees that, oh, it really is all bullshit. And, and that arc, I would say, is super necessary for the show because since the entire business model is based on that means of exploitation, we really needed to see it happen in real time with a character. Like, who went from not buying into it to buying into it completely and, you know, having things kind of ruined for them. Yeah. Um, and then thirdly, um, we have um Cody Boner or sorry Bonar. <laughs> Bonar. <laughs> wow as the Stephanie. Text, as the text points out, that was intentional. <laughs> um good one though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um the <laughs> very cute, very impossibly dorky man, um, who basically his entire starting point and where he is for a lot of the show, um, is that he this is someone who has already swallowed the Kool-Aid and is just completely already bought into the pyramid scheme and really genuinely painfully believes that things are going to work out for him. Um, has the most distressing manic energy <laughs> of talking about how, this. How like, accurately would you... Uh, describe? Would you say my description of him as a combination between Cillian Murphy and a baby Adam Driver is accurate? <laughs> yes! There's a reason that I think he's so attractive despite his character being a complete geek. Like, this, 
he has truly one of the most fantastic noses I've ever seen. Like, you'll you're, see what I mean when his, you watch it. His, his manic energy is a good way to... Right, call, right. Truly distressing manic energy. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's it's a good unsettling. Way to put it. Well, yeah. he has that, like, youth pastor energy. And that's a... Ugh, I'm going on all these tangents here. The whole thing has this extreme uh, religious, charismatic right. Protestant... Right, well, the, the, the fam... Uh, you're probably going to follow that up by saying, um, um, uh, prosperity, gospel. prosperity gospel. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, 90s prosperity gospel. The, it's, it's riddled with it. Yeah. No, the, the MLM itself is like pseudo Christian. Right. They don't really often get into it, but they'll name drop. They'll kind of say like, Oh God made God America appointed, for blah, like, blah, blah. and we the, need godly, godly men. Right. Um, oh, the whole thing is so so familiar to me like i know the the, yeah. the head of again he's not the founder of the company but he's like the head of this particular movement literally views himself as like a mouthpiece of god um he literally views himself as a prophet um yeah it's it hits some buttons that let's just say i'm familiar certain members with. of this podcast will be very familiar <laughs> with Right, the whole thing is shot through with that extreme, and and I, you know, I wasn't I wasn't an adult in this time or really even sentient, but um, oh, actually, that's true. In 1992, I wasn't alive. Um, but there was definitely a sort of zeitgeist in the 90s, I guess, in particular, maybe the 80s and 90s, that that was really the um so many terrible cultural things kicking off like that was like the the prosperity gospel movement kind of this marriage that i guess really took off in the 80s of capitalism and christianity that uh specifically protestantism thank you ronald reagan yeah oh yeah reagan's fingerprints are all over this bitch um yeah that it's just this this marriage of quasi-spirituality with like this big like self-improvement self-help um make your own money be god your own helps boss those shit. who helps themselves oh yeah oh yeah basically the most capitalist possible version of christianity that that you can possibly imagine and and i what i do like about um <laughs> the depiction of fam the the pyramid scheme company is that Right, like we were saying, they have those kind of quasi-Christian elements, and even they don't down like to swearing. like, yeah, everyone they, has to be <laughs> married. Right, right. The whole thing that like all the people who go to their like big retreat are like have to be married and or are supposed they don't have to be, but they're like supposed to be. And like the fact that um, Cody and Crystal aren't married is like a whole point to the point that they have a fake <laughs> proposal happen, <laughs> um, which is pretty great. Yeah, and it's so, like, it's so much about the, you know, the the white nuclear family, you know, the the pursuing of capitalism, in particular, not just capitalism, but of being your own capitalist entity. And and the whiteness is important in oh, multiple aspects super, of the show. Yeah. Every single person who's at the top of fam is white, with one notable exception, um, which is, that's plot relevant. Um even the owner of the fucking water park that Crystal works at specifically requests that Ernie go and try and recruit uh, affluent whites to come to and the And the theme owner park. of the water park is not white. No. Like, it, which is interesting. But like, he's still buying he, into right. that white people being at the park means that rich people are coming to my park. Yes, exactly. Um, 
Right, and and that's it's very much that super specific vision of Americana that is really skewered in the show, and which I I really enjoy because I don't like that that vision of Americana. Um, yeah, that um, it, it's it is I would say subtle about the inclusion of religion with that, but it's definitely there to the extent that like you recognize it. Like when if you are someone who experienced some of that or the fallout of that, you're like, yeah, I know what that is. I know what that shit means. Like when people say it. Um, whew. So backing up. Sorry. Before we get into our spoiler section, right? All I was saying <laughs> where I was trying to go with that is that this character, um, Cody, is Mr. Benar. Yeah, Mr. Benar. He is someone who has religiously, like, and I mean that in every sense of the word, bought into this scheme and and genuinely believes in it to the point where it colors, like, every aspect of his existence. And the cool thing about his arc as a character is that his arc is basically the opposite of Ernie's arc, where it's like, he has already bought into it and now he needs to see the lie, essentially. He needs to see something outside of it and that's kind of where he goes well you know i'm gonna write this down and discuss it in the spoiler section uh i can't read caleb's handwriting so it doesn't matter yeah anyway. you can't read it much less read it upside down <laughs> no, um so i think we should break here for our spoiler section okay yeah, if you stop uh, listening here, please watch this. Please watch Wayne. Please just watch both of them. It's like, let us know what you think, because we really need to get more people talking about them. Okay. Please, tweet at us. Yes. I'm begging you. <laughs> please. We need some tweets. <laughs> All right. See you after the break. It, this will only just be a moment. This isn't a real break. All right, bye. <laughs> now that we're in the spoiler section... Mm. I can say what I wanted to say when uh, we were talking about Mr. Bernard just now. Mm-hmm. I don't believe Cody fully sees the lie of Fam, of Obi, Ar- Obi Garbo the Second. I think Cody just finds a new god. <laughs> that those can I both be true. I don't think Cody sees the lie. I don't think he stops believing in Fam. I think he just believes in Crystal more than he believes in Obi Garbo. No, that's fair, but I would also argue if you have a god that you really believe in, you're not going to then change to another god. Right, but he he doesn't really have a moment where he's like, "Oh, this is all a scam. The 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 fam is a fam is a scam. Obi Garbo is a con man." No, all he he gains something that he cares about more than that. Yes, but I think through that he does begin to see that it's that it's bullshit. I'm still going to disagree. I think he just cares more about doing what a uh, Crystal. I almost said April again. What Crystal tells him to do than what Obi tells him to do. Maybe, but I, but once again, I I feel like he would not do that if he was still really convinced that they were right. You know what I mean? I think there's a fundamental difference between believing something new and rejecting the and uh, and uh, being com- proven but believing the fam that the thing, thing is, is wrong. so at odds with what she's doing because she's literally trying to she's trying to oppose them that I would say he couldn't completely serve one master without rejecting the other. It's so he doesn't he doesn't dis. <laughs> 
the only reason he disavows the old masters is because he gains a new one. There's a difference between someone buying into the system and then realizing this is bullshit and getting out, as opposed to a man who finds something new to believe in and rejecting the old because of the new. He he doesn't fundamentally have a problem with the system or with fam. I think it is subtle, but I think that there are hints about it. Like, I think there are moments where he realizes, like, that this is kind of crazy, this is kind of bullshit, and realizes that he's built his entire life around it, and that might not be a good thing. Like, uh, granted, all those things are not necessarily a complete rejection of the entire idea, but they are very important moments, like, for rejecting the model, if that makes sense. Like... <laughs> Or it could just be that he's a man who was so changed by eating pussy one time that it just completely revolutionized pussy his do entire crazy things life. To a man. Exactly. I mean, we're in the spoilers part. We can, we're in we the can spoiler say section. that. Yeah. Chris, this, this show has some fantastic episode endings. Um, yes. Episode one ends with Crystal uh, killing two alligators with a shotgun while screaming and then episode four ends with her forcing a man down on his knees to eat her out while she's having like a power moment I, I, it's pretty great it's fantastic oh it's i knew something was going on in that episode like like from the moment she started giving him like little casual orders and he just kind of did them i was like oh this man is no this show's fantastic because he totally ends up her bitch and he's just like yes ma'am like he's... and how often do you see that dynamic on tv you don't powerful not a woman lot. makes <laughs> makes man her bitch and then you know like she's not told she's wrong for doing it yeah <laughs> no it's and it's funny because it also makes sense for him as a character because it's like he's a character who needs to be told what to do by right, someone else he's and it's it's sad but it maybe relatable too you know it's it, we we don't get his full backstory but we get a little bit about his kind of uh, not great relationship with his parents where his mom thinks he's an idiot and like just kind of disregards him right and cuts him off from his trust fund when he announces that he's marrying crystal if if a man needs a master, he might as well have one that is slightly empathetic to his needs. <laughs> right. This is a man who needs a daddy, and he's, like, really looking for one. And it's so and sad because he ends up with a mommy. Exactly. That's what he really <laughs> needed. Well, right, and so much of the show, he's trying to get... Um, to get approval? He, right. And he specifically is trying to get Mr. Garbo's approval. Mr. Garbo Mr. being the Gar one who's Garbo kind of... the second. Right, the second. The guy who's in charge of this this little, I don't know, scheme they have going on. He's in charge of the East Coast. Right, right. The East Coast. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, um, and so much of it is him just being like, please tell me what to do. Like, guide me. I'll do whatever you want. Like, I'll be anything you want me to be. And this guy just kind of, you know, just not really caring about him right the the only time cody takes any initiative and does something on his own he fucking wrestles a pelican to the death okay <laughs> that's that the only such a great moment there were only you two... don't see him do it but he comes in with right no like the only two times this man takes initiative is when he wrestles a pelican to the death to prove his devotion to obi garbo and then when he disobeys obi garbo the second to go try and save crystal's life see that's that's good that's growth but that's because he was like i don't need a daddy anymore i need a mommy <laughs> That's his arc in some way. 
it's like and right but it is <laughs> jokes aside it is pretty great to see kind of like him torn between two masters you know mm -hmm. as they say you cannot serve two masters um which is you know the system he's been following for most of his adult life because he's pretty young he's probably about our age maybe even a few years younger it's hard to tell um but it, between that and you know crystal who is at every turn trying to fight them and yet somehow he still finds himself really devoted to her because i guess of her, her magnetic personality um and and having to choose between those things and it's really great because you know i not everyone can be a super strong independent person and cody's an example of someone who needs guidance and who in some ways needs to be told what to do or, or needs a mentor you know it's, so. it's also satisfying from Crystal's perspective because <sighs> due to her husband so diligently following the teachings of Obi Garbo the second he did not sleep much he slept like 10 <laughs> hours a week because mm. he was constantly trying to recruit people and do all this work for fam to try and rise through the ranks and due to his lack of sleep, uh, he gained an inability to maintain an erection. And so Crystal and her husband couldn't have sex because he just couldn't get hard because of how much time he was spending working for fam and not sleeping. You should be begging um, me not to get you hard. You should be begging me not to get hard. Thank you, it's Stephanie. Out there working um, for you. And... And they, so part of the show is also about her um, reclaiming her sexuality, yeah, and her and getting what she wants and needs. Because in in the first episode, like what you just quoted, when he says you should be begging me to get hard, her response <laughs> not to get hard is to say, "I don't beg." That was such okay. a great moment, right? That was. The I was first... like, okay, so we know what where she is on the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> and so the part of the show is about her not just using Cody to rise to the ranks of fame and get what she needs to support her and her, her family, but also to get what she needs oh, like, yeah. physically. It's very much about sexual agency, too, because it's like, and it's also, I mean, if we want to get into the sexuality, like, motif, there's an interesting kind of contrast, I guess, between the way that, like, there's these subtle hints that, like, the the fan pyramid scheme gives to men of, like, you know, being, like, masculine and, like, taking what you want right, and everything and your like wife that. should give it to you oh, yeah. anytime you want, every day, stuff. multiple times a day. And yet we see the reality, which is you're so overworked and so miserable and so, like, tired that you, can, you literally can't even get an erection. And, um... And in some ways, so while it's Crystal, like, reclaiming her her sexuality, you know, <laughs> after her husband quite literally could not get it up because of the situation, it's also, like, in some ways, like, allowing Cody to kind of have his own sexuality, too, because he's so aggressively asexual before that, or not... Not asexual as an identity, but, like, he, he is non-sexual, I should put right. it. Like, <laughs> because, like I said, youth pastor energy. Yeah. <laughs> like, he won't even say, like, 
fuck or anything like that. Right, like, fam is very anti-swearing. Oh, yeah, for some reason. Once again, ties into the whole, like, weird pseudo-Christian thing. And, like, <laughs> that that's both of them, like, eventually being able to reclaim their own sexuality because of outside of that system because within that system it's just not possible like <laughs> when you are so much someone else's like and they're dictating everything you do it's it's not possible of course that being said <laughs> she kind of dictates everything that he does but but he's happy about it and we love that for them. yeah exactly no it's it's really great that they, they have a fun relationship and it i like up, it, i like where it ends, it ends up. up well I like that moment when they're sitting in the bathtub. We're talking spoilers now, so I guess, you know. <laughs> um, the very last episode, after they have, spoiler alert, accidentally killed a guy. Um, <laughs> the enforcer guy who I was we were about to say, about. they don't know who, so it's not that big a spoiler, but yeah, there we that's go. True. We the, just told the, them who. Yes. <laughs> okay, we did. Um, it was an accident, to be fair, but anyway. it, th- due to gross negligence <laughs> in some ways. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of like a weirdly sweet scene where she's basically just leveling with him. Like, I I don't know if I can love you, but I don't want to be alone. Like, so I will do my best to like treat you as someone right, I care about. Right, which and that's enough for him. And it, she knows she's being genuine. Yeah, you know, and so. and he doesn't even hesitate. He just says, "I'm yours," and it's really sweet and honestly a little sad because you're like, "Oh, honey." You are whipped to you hell. Got it yeah, I know. Like, but, but, but they do have like an interesting relationship in that regard, where it's like they at no point do you really get the sense. As, well, after a few episodes, you don't really get the sense that he genuinely thinks like, "Oh, she's super in love with me," and then we're gonna have like the whole white picket fence thing. Like, he kind of seems to know like where things are, but he just really has it that bad for her. He's just like. Okay, like, we could do it. It's fine. Yeah. And, I don't know, I, I always kind of like that setup for a romantic relationship where it's like, <laughs> we're kind of fake married, but also real married. Like, <laughs> we we don't, we're not in love at this point, but we're in circumstances that could potentially lead to that. Of course, like we said, we might not actually see that because of... Season two got canceled. I hate that. Another victim of cancel culture. Oh my god! Right, like another victim of the fucking pandemic. But but it does end in a hopeful place for them. Right, this one ends up on less of a cliffhanger (laughs) than Wayne does. It gives you a little bit of a cliffhanger, but at least our heroes end up or end on an up note. So you get much more catharsis from it than Wayne. Right, right. And and I did, I liked that. Um, and, of course, even in that happy ending, it's still like a, it's still like, she's still having to use the system to her benefit. It's still, she's still not they able still to completely it. break it. Right. Which is what she wanted to do, but it, she's just not able to because of all the money and all the power <laughs> that's behind it. And perhaps more importantly than any of that, all the people who still believe it. And who are still buying into it that, like, so it's a it's a pyrrhic victory in that regard. She has to use it for herself so she can survive, essentially. And um, yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Wow. 
Yeah. We have spent, on average, <laughs> about five to ten minutes more time talking about these shows than we usually spend talking about a movie. <laughs> well, that's true, but, I mean, to be fair, there are ten episodes each. That's which true. Is this about... is um about uh, four to five times as much content yeah. as a... Uh, a movie right with tv shows you more have to talk about like the big points instead of like the individual things which sucks because there's so many great individual things that you want to talk about right but um no they're they're really great and um i really liked them and i hope that other people watch them that's all i got like that's that's the saddest thing especially with like tv shows is like they can completely go under the radar like, you know, there there's always, like, the big event show that everyone is watching. But, like, apart from that, a lot of times it, it gets a little overlooked. Which, you know, that's just the nature of the medium. But I, I do hope that if our show gets even one person to check these out, that would be really cool. Because we want to talk about them. We want to see the gifts coming in. We want to see the analysis. We want to retweet some stuff. <laughs> like... <laughs> That's the great thing. It's like, if there's something that has a really big fandom, you're constantly, like, getting to look at it with new perspectives and, like, see other people's takes on it. Um, whereas if it's something that doesn't have a big fandom, it's pretty much just you being like, hey, that was cool. Anybody else think that was cool? Yeah. <laughs> but, but yes. Maybe, maybe we should start trying to look at more, like films that are lesser known on our show too i mean i have to watch them and then find a pairing for them and then watch them again i know it's hard we'll see we can we can try maybe but but yeah so any any closing thoughts caleb no 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 thoughts (laughs) um yeah i don't know i think i it's always nice to see something that takes an empathetic look at people who aren't rich i guess like <laughs> so these shows are like the antithesis of Shit's creek <laughs> although i guess technically that's, they weren't rich at, yeah. at the time the show took rich place. people who very rapidly become unrich um well but yeah to be fair Shit's creek does engage with some of the realities of just not having money and that's that's true. That's... I was mostly making a joke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love Shit's Creek. <laughs> no, we, we yes, we love Shit's Creek. Um right, but but just the realities of not having enough money to get by on and and the things that that you can't do, like seemingly small unimportant things like that just suddenly become so much more difficult and like just the basic comforts of life that you're denied um when you're on that end of the socioeconomic scale. It, it's worth examining and you know i think obviously wayne examines more of the it stays more towards the psychological side of that and doesn't quite as much examine the political sides but it's still a very empathetic portrayal because you see you know you see people who are good despite of that and you see people who are bad because of that like it it shows you the whole gamut and um in the case of this one it's a looking specifically at that and of at the lie that is sold to people specifically to americans because i feel like it's a very uniquely american situation like the exploitation of poor people 
to make other people rich, but beyond that, the the promise of getting rich yourself. Like, that's the American thing. Like, obviously, in countries all over the world, poor people are exploited by the rich, but <laughs> the thing that makes it American, and how fitting that we are recording this on the 4th of July. Oh, dear God, we are. We really are. <laughs> the thing that makes it uh, truly of the red, white, and blue is that the whole time you are being fed the lie that... Courtesy of the red, white, yes, and blue. Yes. <laughs> that... Knock my phone off the desk. That you individually can break out of it. But the key part is you're not helping anyone else to break out. That's not part of it because that would... They have to help themselves right, break out. Right, right. Bootstraps, of course. Bootstraps, bootstraps. <laughs> Doesn't she literally at one point when she's like giving that speech to the people at the rally, she's like... I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. Yeah, like. no, she found the language, or she. Knew oh the yeah, language like she, she obviously it. doesn't believe it, but she, she, right, she knows what she has to say, and and that's the thing. Like, it's all about selling people a lie, selling people a product, and and making them believe that like if you can save yourself, if everyone could save themselves individually, we'd all be fine. But what I really like about both these shows is. It's not just about you as an individual. Like, we, we live in a society. Um, God damn it. <laughs> so, so we do, in fact, have relationships with other people. And perhaps even more depressing to hear, sometimes we do have responsibilities to other people. Moral responsibilities. God damn it, Scanlon. <laughs> Fuck. And, and, but, but, right, they're, but, but that's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing that we have relationships with other people. Thing. It's not a good thing that they are vulnerable to exploitation by people who want us to sell other people shit. <laughs> wow. This was, this was a good time. You know what? I'm really glad we got to talk about these. And that's what's so great about being married is that even if there's not a fandom for that TV show that you're into, at least you can talk to your spouse about it. <laughs> as long as it's else. not a horror show that's true if it's a horror then i'm on if you own. want to talk to someone about um what was it what was that thing you watched on Shutter? channel zero channel zero it's so good you're fucking sol me and justin me justin's been absent for a few episodes because he has like a real life or whatever he's a very Lame. very busy man yes um but me and justin do need to do an episode on channel zero at some point because it's really good but yeah caleb shouldn't watch it so <laughs> So yes, um, but but yeah. So we will. We hope you've enjoyed this slight departure from our usual affair. We hope you had a good Fourth of July. Yeah, <laughs> we hope you, you know, ate some hot dogs, listened to some fireworks, questioned the very concept of capitalism, which is intrinsic to the American dream. Um, anything else? <laughs> Or if, you know, you're in the rest of the world, just had a good Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a Sunday while the Americans are over there I know we inexplicably, inexplicably have some listeners in France, so. <laughs> good for you, you know. Uh, merci to all you guys for <laughs> listening to our show. Uh, we really appreciate it, and we hope you keep listening. My name's Caleb. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at actual underscore Caleb. Uh, my name's Stephanie. You can find me on Twitter at Steph has no name and on Letterboxd at Raise Left Boob. And you can find the show on Twitter at Sounds Familiar. We'll see you guys next week. Good night, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our show. 
Be sure to check the episode description for any links we may have included related to this week's episode. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at SoundsFamiliar. If you'd like to get in contact with us, drop us a line at SoundsFamiliar at gmail.com. We'd like to thank our friend Chelsea for our logo. Check her out on Instagram at ChelseaBHDesigns. We'd also like to thank Shane Quick for our theme music. If you feel so inclined, please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to tune in every Thursday for new episodes. We'll see you next time on Sounds Familiar.